0: Welcome to the Hidden Wise 30-Minute Power Segment. I am passionate about creating a lifestyle that minimizes suffering and regret. The purpose of life is not simply to survive, but to thrive, and I believe we do that by creating a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Each week I will be delivering a 30-minute conversation with a guest expert on a topic that they are knowledgeable and passionate about, with the purpose to inspire and educate us all. I don't have all the answers, I'm simply trying to figure life out, and through greater awareness and understanding I can put into practice what I learn to further my life's progression. I can't give you your life's map. I can't show you the way, but I can assist you in discovering your why. I can help you define your life's compass to guide you purposefully to act on and pursue your life's desires and from there, watch happiness ensue. My guests are the experts. They are the people I learn from. They provide the inspiration, education, and methodology that we can all benefit from in better navigating the ultimate life. Without further ado, let the show begin. Hello and welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 907, my interview with Jason Campbell. And today we're discussing sales or how to sell with love. Jason himself, he currently works for Mind Valley, a personal growth education company. He's got a diverse background, and he's also released or about to release a book selling with love. Guys, this is a really cool conversation for those people in the sales field and how to make sales more real, how to have more impact, how to have sales with more love. I got a ton of information out of this, took some notes and have revisited those notes since. Guys, I hope you enjoyed, I hope you get some value and feel free to reach out to Jason and uh, the links are at TheHiddenWire.com, episode 970. Jason, welcome to The Hidden Why podcast. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself?
0: You're uh, in quarantine in Bali.
1: It's not a bad place to be in quarantine. Um, it was very interesting. This whole thing escalated so quickly and I found myself making the decision of do I stay or do I go? And uh, I figured being in Bali is not a bad place to be quarantined. There's a lot of water, a lot of food. And uh, yeah, uh, basically bunkered up to see how long this is gonna last. So you got some
0: some people there with you, which is nice. So supporting each other through this uh, this journey. And I just spoke to another gentleman and we talked about using Um, the, the diversity and the challenges, the unease that we're all experiencing right now, um, in many different contexts, of course, um, using that as an opportunity to, um, do other things, you know, find the, find the, um, the opportunities in the obstacles, basically.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting because I, when this started first happening, where well, actually the first reason I came to Bali was because I'm in the process of writing a book on sales. And I'm like, wow, if I go to Bali, then I'll have myself a great environment where I know I'll be in a, in a am in a beautiful villa and I'm like, great, this will be a beautiful space. I'll be able to write, everything will make sense. And then when the whole quarantine stuff happening, now I'm having myself thinking, wow, okay, this should be the most productive time ever. I don't, I don't have, like I'm more isolated. I don't have distractions. I'm not getting tempted to go out to do any other thing. So I should be really pro like focused and really putting my time yeah. into writing this book. And for some reason, I'm like, why did I procrastinate for three weeks? And I was really puzzled about it. I was like, I'm, this should be the time I'm the most focused and the most active into doing the work that I know needs to be done to be at the highest self that I can be. Mm. And in the process, I was having a conversation um, with my CEO, my boss, and, and Vision was saying, listen, what happens is neurologically, a lot of norepinephrine comes up when we're in our fear receptors. And because we're so consumed by this news about the coronavirus, we're checking what's happening, we're trying to get more information. We're such in a survival instinct mode that we forget about anything long-term because we feel like we just need to take care of short-term Ideas and so your motivation to work on things that are more long-term get affected and that's a trick in the brain And so when I heard that I'm like, oh my god, that's why my motivation has been waned at the moment Right. And so with that awareness, I was like, okay, no, this is just a reaction to the chemicals in my mind. And now I need to actually just take the actions that are necessary, which is get back to meditate, continue to exercise, continue to eat well, and limit the amount of news that you consume in a day because it's just like, get the data and get out. That's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate. I'm in real estate, in sales. Um, Our topic today too is sales or sell. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about your work there um, when we get into this. But yeah, in, in real estate, particularly, there's been this period of shock, which has sort of stopped everything, all the activity. Um, and it's, it's probably the same thing, whereas now I'm seeing a little bit more activity happening because um, we're sort of a couple of weeks into it now. And perhaps that mm-hmm. shock's waning a little bit, but certainly I think it's still going to be prevalent for the next uh, you know, few weeks at least.
1: Well, it's, it's fascinating that you're in real estate cause this is actually my background as well. And funny enough, my sister's actually a mortgage broker. And when I called her, I'm like, wow, everything must've stopped. She's out in Ottawa, Canada. She's like, I've never been so busy. I'm like, people are buying homes. I don't understand. She's like, no, everybody's refinancing their homes. And so for the mortgage side of the business, they're going crazy right now. But just like you, you've seen the shock where everybody stops. And I remember seeing this back in 2008 which was the great recession. Were you in real estate then? Were you I, I started real estate in 2009. And so right after, and so what I saw was actually what comes after the shock, which is everyone getting desperate to sell. And if you're somebody that didn't freeze and kind of get into that panic fight or flight, but you actually started looking within perspective saying, Hey, There's a lot of people that might be looking to sell their homes. There's a lot of people that might start defaulting on their payments. What can I do as a buyer if I'm sitting on any cash or I can accumulate cash in some way so I can actually jump on distressed assets and really help the economy jump back together because I'm coming in with a buyer mind while everybody's in a seller mindset. So it's going to be some very interesting time for that industry. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, 100%. So tell us a little bit about your background in sales. Obviously, you've been in real estate. Have you always been in sales? Have you been a young sort of entrepreneur
1: and yeah, selling things so at I- school? You know, the, the, if I go way, way back, you know, cause most people kind of have a negative association with sales. For yeah. me, I have this like interesting first aha around sales, which was back when I was in school, they would have these charity drives to sell these like chocolate covered almonds. And they'd be like, oh, go knock at your neighbor's doors and then try to sell these almonds. and I remember just going like, okay, let me try to do that and knock at the first door. And it's like, I mean, Hey, do you, do you want some chocolates? And people are like, yeah, of course I want chocolates. Chocolates are awesome. How much is it? Two bucks. Okay. So they give me the money. I give them the chocolate. They're happy. I'm happy. I'm like, sales is a good thing. And I remember, I think it was the sixth door that I, I, I knock the lady's like, Oh, let me ask my daughter if she wants any chocolate. And then daughter comes down and it's like same age group. And this a beautiful woman. I'm like, wow. And then I ex- we end up exchanging number. We end up dating. And so you can see how layered with positivity all of this ideas around sales is for me when most people usually will think about the caricature of a used car salesman or someone that's taken advantage of them and a lot of people will find themselves with this emotion of like shame and guilt around sales which makes them evade it like the plague because if you feel that the idea of a salesperson is a bad person. And when you start selling, you think you'd be a bad person. So, why would you do that activity? Mm. Um, mm. But, you know, fast forwarding to today, I've worked as a telephone salesperson, like telemarketing, but we're calling back some leads and just cranking out calls, like hundreds of calls a day. And that yeah. to me was amazing because it really built my resilience in realizing it's just a process, it's nothing personal worked in the real estate side. I raised private funds to buy uh, commercial properties. Um, and then I also went ahead and, uh, worked in digital marketing and publishing courses online. So currently I work for an institution called mind Valley. I've held, uh, I was able to sell like high level masterminds, like 7,000 plus uh, dollar, programs and I'm always excited about the idea of selling because when I know it's the greatest expression of love because what I offer to that person is so much more than what I ask in return I become excited enthusiastic and relentless about closing every sale I get
0: I can see the passion there as you you speak (laughs) I guess the people listening can't can't see us but um I can certainly see the passion there which is great um and I like that 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 positivity behind sales because you're right it's definitely in, in my industry um, you know we're considered um, uh, the lowest trustworthy sort of people out there and it, it sort of hurts me I think I think a couple of things that come to my mind is that when you jump into a sales role it's easily it's easy to fall into that salesperson kind of mentality you know persona um, and you've got to try and avoid that because if you fall into that then you do become one of those you know dodgy salespeople, I suppose and, and the ones that people don't really warm to um, so it's about mm-hmm. bringing a bit of authenticity into into this this process and and understanding and I think this is where maybe some belief comes into it is understanding that there's um, having a belief in what you're providing you know the the value that you're providing to the customer like chocolates hey who doesn't like chocolates um, and <laughs> hey if you don't, if you don't like chocolates that's fine too you know we can move on um, yeah talk to us about talk to us about that how do you bring authenticity or you know you talk about love how do you bring that into a, a sales role. <laughs>
1: Well, I love the fact that you've highlighted the fact that a lot of people that get into the industry of real estate might find themselves in this kind of bucket where they become what they didn't want initially. And so I always think that there's kind of a growth path that happens in sales. So first thing I'll explain is kind of the definition of sales that I give within my book that's coming up, which is love. uh, Sorry. Sales is simply an energy exchange between conscious beings. And when you know what you offer is greater than what you ask in return, the gap that balances the equation is love. And the reason love is there is because in every sales there's an emotion, okay? Yeah. And as you kind of work through the process of becoming a salesperson, again, the lowest one that I mentioned is that there's there's shame and guilt. And there's really four stages of a salesperson, right? when you're at this, the, the stage of shame and guilt, this is like every time you make a sale, you feel that you're you're manipulating people, you feel that what you're giving them is too expensive, or like there's a massive amount of blocks around you jumping into the sale. This is like the, the real estate agent that jumps in and they're like, oh my God, I don't know anything, I'm new at this, so like, am I the best realtor out there? There's, there's a lot of self-doubts and self-sabotage when it comes to stepping forward to provide value, mm. because you're basically just having so, much limitations around your own experience. And then you feel that you're actually manipulating people to still do business with you. Yeah, it's And, and here's what there. I think happens. Yeah. Like I've been there too. Like I remember the first time I got on the phone and had to call people as a telemarketer, I was actually helping booking appointments for realtors. And I, I remember the first call I had, I had to follow a script. I thought I was, harassing people and calling them and that they I would be hated and the more people I called the more people would know who Jason Campbell is and absolutely hate him And so I'd had resistance picking up the phone because it would be painful and negative every time I do Mm -hmm. This is all stories and again, it goes back to the baggage and what you tell yourself about a salesperson So there's a lot of healing that needs to happen when it comes to just like realizing that any salesperson that did anything wrong to you wasn't doing it personally to attack you whatever situation they were in forced them to make the kind of decisions that led to you possibly being taken advantage of. And so if someone needs to put food on the table, I'm sorry, but they're not thinking from an abundant place. They're going to be thinking from a very scarce place. Mm -hmm. And this is really the second layer of emotion. So after you've went through the guilt and shame phases and you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. You kind of step within a bracket. I call the pride fear levels of sales, right? And this is where you'll find most of these industries that attract salespeople that fall into the traditional label that people have a natural dislike towards Mm. um, is because when you fall in the pride fear sales position is you've stopped taking it personally, the negative around the sales, but you realize that I'm just gonna learn the techniques, I'm gonna plow through and I'm gonna sell, and you're gonna realize that you can be really good at it. And you can realize that these techniques are highly effective. And you're gonna realize that money comes in when you actually just follow the process. And you're gonna be like, wow, look at this. I'm like, I'm fixing my situation. I have money coming in, but you're not being very aware of the full impact of every transaction you make. And so I call it the pride fear complex here because you start selling from a place of pride, but the root emotion is still fear. It's still scarcity. You are selling from a place of lacking and you feel that by selling more, it will quote unquote fix you.
0: I'm smiling throughout this because I can just see myself in experiences of past sales role where I was sort of at these points. And even I know. recently I, perhaps in this and, one.
1: And guess what? We, we we shift through all of them. Like I have mm. times that I'm selling and I feel the, 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 the guilt and shame. I have times that I get back into the pride. Like when someone comes to me and says like, hey, Jason, you're the ultimate sales guy. Like you could sell anything, right? What would you say to sell this? And then I, I get fired up and I feel like I need to prove myself. And again, this is me going back to that vibration of being trying to sell from pride but again this is a place of fear because if i'm confident in the way that i sell and provide value i wouldn't need to be triggered by someone that talents me with showing them how good i am at sales because i'm confident in what i do yeah yeah but this is where i have one issue is that do you need to go through that level to kind of rise up to the next i think to various degrees you touch on everything so you gain more awareness and yeah. this is where i would, this is where i would actually go to the third level of, of the sales emotion, which is one that I'm sure you're going to relate to as well. It's when you get past this whole pride and fear, you're like, you know what? No, I'm a good person. I care about the people I sell to. So now I'm going to be a rational salesperson. You step to the rational type of emotion. And then you're trying to justify everything you do and you really explain in detail. And you're like, I'm going to provide more information to these people. I'm going to explain to them all the pros and cons. I'm going to be super detailed and something interesting happens, your sales numbers are gonna to start to drop. Mm. Because you start selling to the mind of the other person as a way to make sure that you don't sell in a place where there will be any negative consequences from your impact. You start getting more and more awareness of the good, the bad that happens. So you talk about the good, you talk about the bad, you over explain. And people's mind is like, oh, this is too much information. Why is he telling me all that? They start suspecting you. The sales start dropping. They'd rather go for that hotshot asshole salesperson. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Because that person can communicate with so much confidence and pride. And they're like, I, I feel comfortable with that. But rather, it's just because they haven't even transcended the level of selling from pride. Because some of that comes with confidence and pride can be very good at sales. But long term, they could be doing some sabotaging. But when you've started having that awareness and you look back, you're like, why did I step into this rational side? Now my sales are down. I feel like I'm doubting. People think I'm self-doubting, but I'm just trying to help them more. Why is this not working? Mm. Has this ever happened to you?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can relate. Sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, and so I find myself there often, and I find I'm myself
0: starting, there recent you know ongoing really.
1: Well and, and this is often a place that I find myself it's always like a bit of a stuck feeling right and you start thinking wow do I just need to come back to being that asshole salesperson is this the solution and mm. what what I discovered is is really no there's there's a way to do it that's so powerful So unbelievable that you become the most confident, amazing, lit up, enthusiastic salesperson while being so conscious about the impact you do on everything because you know that you're gonna be doing a greater good. And this is when you rise up to love and above. Like this is when you sell from love, from joy, and you're just like coming in with this contagious enthusiasm. And people are like, "What? I wanna buy anything from this person. This is great. And when you can step into that, then you'll realize that anytime you have a chance to pick up the phone, you'll get excited about picking it up. Anytime you have to get into a meeting, you'll get excited about stepping into that meeting because you know fully and you've mapped out clearly everything that needs to happen for that sale to happen from a place of love and you will be relentless. And it's not as complicated as people think.
0: All right. I like it. That's where we want to be. Like, <laughs> like, how do we, how do we, um, how do we get into this place of love without overcomplicating things, without bringing the the rational side or the fear side or the pride side, the ego into it, and really being, I suppose, genuine is the word that comes to my mm. mind.
1: I'm glad you asked. And so, <laughs> one thing to keep in mind is you're gonna this is this is not a static. It's not like you graduate to a level and then you don't need to go back. This is a constantly fluctuating state of emotions. Emotions are very temporary, right? But what I suggest for people to find themselves, to discover what selling from love is, and then to be reminded of what selling from love is in times that you see yourself fluctuating, is to actually take a moment to step back from just the act of selling and gain awareness of how do you bring love to every part of the sales process? And the way I break it down is that there are five loves in selling and I can walk your audience through all those five loves and give them a bit of a tip so that walk away from this interview with at least an action they can take on each of these. Yeah. Like it. So the first thing you need to do is you need to love the impact love the impact and I'll give you an example about real estate because this is where I love to use this example the best when I was in uh, back in 2010 I was buying condos for sales and uh, short sales foreclosures uh, out in Florida market yeah and what I was doing is I was buying these properties I was renovating them putting a tenant in place and then reselling them as investment properties in Canada and if I would go from a very rational perspective I would go to people and say hey listen when you buy this property, you know, the economy is really down and you'll end up putting your money here. And instead of keeping it in the bank, you'll be making a much higher rate of return on your investment. And then you'll end up having possibly the appreciation upside that'll come with it. And so you find yourself having a great asset that pays way more than just leaving your bank there when you put it into this real estate. And then I would go over all the data and it's very much like a feature based sales process and it sold. It did. And you know, because the numbers were so great back then, it was very no-brainer. Um, but I look back at that and I'm like, I think there's ways you can do this even better. Hmm. Let me show you what happens when you start loving the impact and being very specific about what that impact is. If I came into a conversation with somebody and said, Do you understand that the U.S. went through one of the great recessions? That means lots of people lost their jobs, lots of people lost their homes. Luckily for us in Canada, we're in a better financial situation where what I've designed is a process where we acquire these properties so they're not on the books of the banks, they actually get acquired by individuals. I get contractors to go in and renovate them, provide jobs for them, which puts food on the table for them and their entire families. I then provide a beautiful home for the tenant who when they move in, they finally have a roof over their head that's amazing, well-managed, And then on top of that, I start paying back the taxes that weren't being paid while this property was being foreclosed. So it actually goes towards funding the school systems. Literally, we are going in and revitalizing neighborhoods in America, one property at a time. And if you take your money, instead of leaving it at the bank at 3%, you can be a pivotal person that plays a part in revitalizing the American Mm. neighborhoods that need your help right now. You'll not only make a shit ton of money, but you will be a hero in this story. And this is why I do what I do, and this is why I think you should join. Yeah. It's a different energy. So
0: just bring that consciousness to the, the the bigger picture impact
1: of what So this know. is what I encourage your people the people listening here is whatever it is you're selling, think about the full impact. Like think about, okay, um person buys a product, what happens to their lives, what happens to the people around them, what happens when the transaction happens, at a minimum, you know that just the process of a sale closing moves money in the economy, which already brings more abundance to the world. This is happening every time a sale happens, whether it's a good or bad sales, the movement of money creates abundance in the world. And so you're always playing a part in that, but get more specific. Get, think of everyone that could potentially be impacted. And if there's negative impacts, try to be aware of those. And you'll see as we walk later in this process, there's ways you can actually start making some modifications, but gain awareness of impact will make you understand like, wow, when I sell, I love this impact. And when you love that impact, you'll be able to walk through and go step into that level of love yeah. way easier than when you're not aware.
0: Yeah, 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 okay. Something to be very right. um, conscious of. Okay, what's number two?
1: Love the client. You gotta love the client whoever it is that you're selling to, how do you express love to a client? You would hmm. think like, I, I love the idea of thinking of a goldfish. Like if you were a child and you had a goldfish and you love the goldfish, and if if you just wanted to express the love you wanted to love, uh, you, you, may, you, just, you love it so much you just grab the goldfish and then you give it a big hug because you know you love it so much you just wanna hug the goldfish and then it dies. <laughs> so oftentimes we think loving the client is expressing our love in the way that we understand it when really the way to express love to the client is to understand the client Mm. this is where you spend a lot of energy getting very clear on who is this client what are they looking to solve as a problem why is it important for them to solve that problem Mm. get on the phones if you have an existing business call your past customers that you know had a great experience with you Ask them why they had a great experience with you. Why do they recommend you to other people? Why do they actually feel that you should be the one they do business with as opposed to everybody else? But start the conversations with them. Seek to understand them. Mm. When you do that, you start building more empathy and more clarity on what are the things you actually do within your business and your sale that actually makes them really excited about doing business with you. I remember this one time I was selling an energy healing product this is a more esoteric type of online program and I was like this this doesn't work I listened to one of those calls I'm like this makes no sense and then i was like wait it's not about me I start calling the people who bought this in the past. And I spoke to this one guy, I still remember his name's Chuck. I always remember Chuck because when I talked to him, he's like, Jason, this is incredible. Every time I jump on these calls, it's like a happiness booster pill. I've not only been able to talk to my psychiatrist who actually told me that I can start reducing my medication, but for the first time in my life, I've been holding a steady job and I feel like my mental space is in the best place it's ever been in the last 10 years. I'm like, oh my God, how could I hesitate? (laughs) How could I hesitate to sell this? And this was an online marketing campaign that I needed to sell. I started working extra hours. I started doing all the conversion optimizations I could to ensure that the most amount of people who could potentially benefit from this would absolutely hear about it and definitely buy it because I knew what potential I had for them. Mm. And so love the client, study them, listen to them, call them, And start empathizing for them because once you know that the impact you love and the client that gets it loves it too, then again, you're going to put in the extra energy to continue down the love cycle here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's um, interesting you bring that up because the hidden why um, actually came from a salesperson um, that said to me, you really need to understand um, the client's why. Mm -hmm. And he called it the hidden why. He said, once you understand Mm -hmm. them, you're going to be better able to help them and have that
1: impact that you're talking about, so pretty cool. Boom. Yeah, this is is, is the real deal. Um, And so as you've started to get an understanding and you understand their hidden why, then you got to work towards the next love, which is love the product. Yeah. When you love the product, this is really something that gives you no hesitation to move the product. And so going back to the story we said earlier about the real estate agent that just got started, right? I think there's a lot of people that as a real estate agent would kind of ignore what. Advantages you have as a newcomer to the business There's a lot of people that are longer term into the business and they actually might not be as nimble as you might be Not be as flexible as you and might not be as attentive as you when you are a newbie within any kind of field You have a certain enthusiasm and an extra attention to care that you can nurture as your own product and so Gain more awareness of your product and realize that your product is always going to be the best like No matter where you are on your journey, all you're always giving is your best. And so if you're new in real estate and you talk to a client, say, listen, I'm new in this business, but understand that when you work with me as a client, I will be treating you like gold because my job is to create more case studies of amazing people I've worked with like you. And although I don't have experience under my belt, I have so much more at stake than another large realtor that has hundreds of clients under their belt. They won't give you as much attention as I can. They won't care about your satisfaction as much as I do. Because for me, you are my zero one and I'm going to ensure that you're a one. Like there's some really interesting ways you can position the product. But here's one thing I would advise people not to do is the whole concept of fake it till you make it. Hmm. Because then- it's a lot that, that goes deal. on. Yeah, like this, the, the, it's, it's not gonna be sustainable. Instead is fix the product, right? That's the methodology, it's just fix the product. So if you are a realtor or if you're any other business, like think about the ways you can fix the product. Like what are the things that you hesitate about? It's your lack of experience? Okay, how? Like isolate that, think about the ways you can fix that. Think about the way you can describe that with honesty to the client. I mean, if you go to a client and tell them like, listen, I might not have experience, which means there may be some tricks I don't know, but I'll tell you what, there are some advantages that you get from working with me. And if anything, you find any kind of strategy that you can reverse the risk. If in your industry you can have a money-back guarantee because you've just gotten started, that can be something you can reverse the risk. There's an exercise I love walking people through, which is whatever it is the price point that you're selling the product, right? Imagine the product was 10 times more expensive. Yeah. That way you're not gonna just think, oh yeah, I'll fix the product by just discounting it, which is a place of fear and lack of abundance again. Yeah. Instead, mm. think about the product being 10 times more. What would need to change about the product so that it would be worth 10 times the price. And a couple things happen when you start doing that is, number one, you get creative. And creativity is a place of love. It's a place of abundance. You start thinking, well, maybe I, you know, if I was a realtor, maybe I actually, um, I actually decorate the home the moment they move in. Like if I'm collecting like 20, 30,000, like I, you start doing these crazy ideas and that's okay. Just, just go wild with it. You'd be like, uh, maybe I could give them a guarantee that, you know. After two years you've done a transaction, you can always ask for your money back because my guarantee to you is that it'll be the single best transaction. You really start tweaking the product, maybe saying, okay, when they come with me, we're going to bring a a renovator. We're going to bring the whole team. What else can you bring value? What else could you bring up to the Mm. table if it was 10 times more expensive? And once you've come up with enough ideas, then you go back to the drawing board and you're like, okay, which of these ideas could actually be implemented that wouldn't cost that much? Yeah, And you'll yeah. either see yourself being able to pack so much value into your current offer that it'll become a great seller because the product, you'll be so enthusiastic about it that you will sell it relentlessly. But more than likely, you'll probably be able to increase the price of your product. Yeah, And and in a rare chance, you might even find yourself with a new product that's super expensive and people actually buy it. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, yeah. I and like so, that. When you step into that place of abundance, you start selling from love. That product love will make you relentless because you know every time you show up to the door and you're about to give this product, it's the best thing that money can possibly buy. It changes the attitude about the
0: the product, doesn't
1: it? 100%. 100%. Yeah. lock it. So if you just follow those three steps, you are an unstoppable salesperson. But there's actually two more if people want to keep going down this path. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so once you've done all the three steps here, which is love the impact, love the client, love the product, the next one is actually one of my favorites. Love the process. Love the process of selling. Now, selling tactics isn't about manipulating people. It's about having empathy. It's about understanding the language that is required for people to truly understand the value you're providing for them. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Like when you know... So when you know that you step into this place that, okay, I'm going to use this tactic to create scarcity because this is what people's mind needs to understand so that they buy this product now, which will change their lives faster than if I don't use these tactics that will not make them make a decision. I need to use this marketing message because I know that if I reverse this risk, it makes people take more action into making sure they make a transaction, which I know will give them the amazing product, which will make their lives super amazing, which also makes this positive impact. Like every single tactic you put in place is now the greatest expression of love you could possibly do. So yeah, you use all the tactics. You're doing right. marketing. You're doing Again, sales. It's different you're learning mentality how, you're how to close. It, isn't it? Yeah. It's the ultimate mentality because now again, you're not from a place of scarcity, you're from a place of abundance.
0: Mm, I like that. Okay, give it to us, Read number every, five.
1: So now you're reading every book, you're loving the process and what's the final love? Can you take and me and a And the podcast like love? this,
0: this is loving the process. This is really, you know, putting that passion well, me, back in the do- sales
1: why do I show up at these podcasts? Like for me, my passion is actually because I know who my client is. I even call her Tracy. Tracy is a small business owner that actually doesn't, uh, um, she actually helps organizations be more democratic and helps them to believe in how freedom values are much better than fear values. And so, When I talked to her and I realized that she had hesitancy and fear around selling, I realized that if I share her this framework and this message, it will completely transform her business where she won't go bankrupt because she didn't understand the process of sales is so important in a place that she can do from love. Now she actually gets to survive, thrive, and impact so many more businesses that are gonna operate from a place of freedom, which God forbid, we need this more than now while everybody else is stuck in fear. So I need to share this message to as many people as possible. So my process is get on any podcast opportunity share this message abundantly because i know when i do i get to support so many more Mm -hmm. and the the last love is pretty simple it's love yourself but it's not simple (laughs) this is probably the most interesting one of the loves because this is really where you're going to be doing the work throughout your life the Mm self-love aspect Mm -hmm. are you it goes back to a
0: couple of those other stages too like the shame and guilt and the pride fear
1: This is where the motion moves, right? Every time you're not selling from love is because there's a part of you that's not loving itself. And so, are you you worthy of this abundance? You just try, try, test, learn, live life every day because the process of life is just a journey of self-awareness towards understanding that you are divine and you are worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And then we just encounter more situation that tests us so that we can come back on top by overcoming that challenge to realize, no, that's right, I do love myself. Yeah, celebrate the wins. There's more, celebrate the wins. Know if you're worth in abundance. Like, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I can't sell that if I make that much money. I don't know if this is okay. It is okay, because look at the work you've done. You've created a positive impact to the world. You've taken the time to love the client. You've taken the time to create an amazing product. You've taken the time to apply the right process. You are worthy of abundance. Look at the work you're doing. Look how amazing you're making the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, listen, this is a journey I'm on. I think everybody is on. And so is there an, uh, I wish I could come here and say like, oh yeah, here's the answer. It's not the point. It's the more you sell, the more you will be accelerated in a path of personal growth, personal mastery, because every rejection comes with a hurt. And then you overcome it. You detach from it, and you observe it. You learn from it. You grow from it. And then, the more you're doing the sales that are bringing positive impacts, the more you're going to be stepping into that abundance.
0: It's great, mate. A lot of a uh, lot of stuff ground covered here in our short uh, chat today. How can people best find out about you?
1: Well, you can always follow me, Jason Mark with a C Campbell is all the social media links, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, The book's going to be coming out in December. So it's going to be selling with love and uh, definitely hit me up with a message. Uh, Send me any questions you might have. If you think your situation, you're having some issues with sales, I help people as much as I can. So reach out to me. I'll be glad to help.
0: That'd be awesome, guys. I'll stick the links in the show notes. This is episode 906. um, So check it out. Links will be there. Reach out to Jason, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. A lot of ground covered and certainly this is a lot for me in my sales role to go back and reflect on and continue the work. So I appreciate it. Guys, check it out at hiddenwire.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's conversation. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to take something away, something to help you create a more meaningful life, a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Guys, if you love the content that I produce here at The Hidden Why, there are a few ways you can support me. Firstly, connect with me. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can connect with me online at thehiddenwhy.com or via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to connect with you. If you've got any thoughts, comments, feedback, suggestions, or anything at all that you'd like to ask me, you can reach me at thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. While you're there, guys, make sure you subscribe to TheHiddenWhy.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be kept up to date with all the new episodes and happenings here at The Hidden Why. If you love what you heard in this episode, guys, or any of the others, please share the love. Share it with your family, friends, and anyone you think that might get some value. If you haven't already done so, you can also leave me a review on iTunes. Simply head over to iTunes, type in The Hidden Why, click the Ratings and Reviews button, and leave me a short message plus a 1 to 5 star rating. It helps me reach more people. Once again, guys, I appreciate the time you've taken out of your day to support my show. Until next time, you know what to do. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is the Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Liam Arnoltsy. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.